Hanley Armagh, Caroline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right team. Only for point number 10. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sideline A podcast. You're welcome to our review show as me and Steve Malone are looking back on the weekend's action. With the opening rounds of the Senior Championship taking place across Friday, Saturday and Sunday with eight uh, intriguing games taking place. Steve, I suppose to start with, we're going to go with Cross and Madden. It was probably the game of the weekend. It was the best game i seen anyway over the weekend. I made a prediction last week, a bold prediction, that I felt Madden could do enough to beat Cross. And in the end, they just didn't have enough quality to get over the line while Cross had... Obviously, Rain O'Neill was the difference between the two sides. He kicked um, two goals and six points. I think early on, we seen what I was talking about with Madden, but why I gave them such a good chance. Cross McGlynn's defence was there for the taking a lot of times, and Madden just couldn't take their goal chances. Yeah, well, uh, Sean, I think uh, even Stephen Cairn said after the match, you know, he says that if you know, if Madden had been a bit more clinical, you know, in front of goal, they, they would have had three goals, you know, killer instinct is, he said, like, so, yeah, you thought in the first five minutes, but he also then said that if that happened, you know, Cross would have the ability to score three, you know, if needed be, like, so, it it, it wasn't, like, as we, we all said, that it was going to be a tight game, or was a battle, and I don't think anyone thought anything different, but, yeah, like, Madden have to be kicking themselves because, it was a jittery defence for the first five or six minutes. And that stage, you cut it three goals, you know, three clear-cut goal chances. I think uh, it was a good save now, I have to say, by, by Tiernan, you know, for, for one of the shots. But I think Cross will be happy because they got over the line. They're, they are a very young team, you know. Stephen said after the match, you know, that, you know, they're, they're, they're a young team, they're up, up and coming, and how far they go, they don't know. But this is just the start of, of their journey, like. Yeah, in the head, as we said in the preview, we were sort of expecting Oshin O'Neill and Tony Kiernan to both start, and they did. But that youth, they still have Ronan Fitzpatrick there and Keown Finnegan, who scored. I think Fitzpatrick got two and Finnegan got one, um, two county minors from last year. So they do have that youth, Steve, but also modern of youth as well. Dara McMullen was there, Shea Valley, come on, a couple of young players from the um, under-19 championship winning side a couple of weeks ago. But I suppose that first half, Steve Madden were probably the better team. And yet Cross McGlynn went in at half time one point up. And you just felt like Cross just don't panic. They just they were up against it for at a stage um, with Madden creating big space in their in their defense. And the, plenty of chances for Madden, but Cross just don't panic. They just keep going and they know that they're going to grind it out eventually. Yeah, I think like I suppose really uh, when I was writing for the paper is like, you know, saying that the, the started ahead and the finished the half ahead, but in between just man battered, you know, and, you know, there was end-to-end stuff and, and man, as you say, were, were the better better part. But uh, I think really what, what what changed was you had James Morgan just, just driving 
that man and uh, had no answer. You know, they couldn't, they weren't expectant, but he kept driving, he didn't stop. It hit him and, and rain, and then Paddy started, you know, just kept kept going. They're finding gaps, they were, you know, uh, pr- pressing hard and, and setting up a, a, a lot of shots. And I think once that happened, like Madden were in the back foot. And uh, I thought even the first half you had Niall and Rain O'Neill, you know, had a great battle, you know, but they the separated in the second half, and I think that gave Rain a bit more free Rain too, you know. And the two goals obviously were massive. The first one, the penalty, just came before the water break in the second half. And it was a one-point game. Madden were on the attack luck on an equaliser. They get turned over and Madden maybe feel hard done by that Niall Smith should have been a it should have been a free kick. He was fouled. One kick up the field, it makes it to Rain O'Neill. He's fouled, penalty, four points up at the water break, and it's essentially game over. Yeah, but that, that's the margins, and that, that's the beauty of the championship, and that's the beauty of knockout championship too, because uh, it, they were everything was pinning on it, and like, took the penalty so well, like he took it away nicely. You know, it's it's good to know you've got you've got that for, for for club and county when you've got someone who can take a penalty like that. Yeah, and Rain O'Neill's accuracy was unbelievable. Some of the the frees, I think he scored five frees out of his six points, but maybe two or three of them were out around 45, 50 yards out. And we were making the case on Armagh TV that any team that's playing against Cross McGlynn, you can't foul within 50 metres of your goal or Rain O'Neill is going to score um, from the dead ball. Yeah, but as well as that, I thought it was really impressive was uh, Rain's work rate. You know, we all know the skill and his ability, but the work that he puts in is on really is up and down that pitch. And he takes some hits. He takes more hits, I think, than, than, than any player, you know, and he just gets up and gets on with it, and uh, he just he keeps getting better. And it's just it's amazing to just think just how how good he can can actually be. And just before we move on, I want to um, touch on Jamie Sheridan, the fly goalkeeper for Madden. That's we've seen it a couple of times in this club <laughs> championship, and it's it's maybe becoming a feature. We've seen it obviously in the Ulster Championship with Morgan and Rory Began taking it to huge extremes, but. Jamie Sheridan played their own well, Steve. He, he created that overlap a couple of times. He should have had a point. He'd be disappointed that he didn't swim one. <laughs> yeah. And made two brilliant saves as well. Yeah, he's, he's so lovely, Dommy. <laughs> and you've got, you've got a point like, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Brilliant. I've got a big, huge cheer, I think, for all, from all the neutrals. But uh, yeah, but I think you're fine. It's commonplace. You, you see a lot of it now here in, in the Down Club Championship, not like that. Flight keeper is is just well it's well documented and well seen, but especially for kickouts and things like that, there you've got a, an extra man. So it, it it's just just one of those things that's evolved in the game, and uh, it'll probably keep on happening until a few of them get caught out on, on in a, a major game, and only if it if it costs you know a, a, like a, a title or, a, or something like that that that'll be nipping the bud maybe. Yeah, I'd say. It is good to see and the keepers are skillful enough, um, a lot of them to come out and play as an extra man. And Shane McCoy came off his line for German Tee on Sunday and was almost caught. Sean Rock tried to lob him. The ball bounced um, up off the crossbar and come back out. So we'll get in that game later on, Steve, um, towards the end of the show. Moving on to Bolly McNabb and Graham Moore. And everybody knows I'm a Bolly McNabb man. So um, at half time. I couldn't wait to get talking at the podcast uh, on the podcast. <laughs> well, about five minutes left, or maybe wasn't going to do a show. It was really that. It was intense stuff that last five or ten minutes. Steve Graham Moore just come out. 
all guns blazing. They, they abandoned their sweeper system. They pushed up. The likes of Kieran Dowell, I thought, had a massive game and a massive impact in that second half in Graham Moore's revival. And they're maybe just feeling unlucky that they didn't do enough. They couldn't even get level. Uh, Ballin Knobber all was just that point or two ahead. And in the end, that's all they needed was one point. Yeah, I think uh, like people seen what we were talking about, you know, last week when you say about how Graham Moore and Ballin Knob, regardless of what you think, you know, the, the talent that they on, on the player by player, who's who's better and who's not. When the two teams meet, there's going to be nothing between them. But it was really a game of, of two halves. You know, Nab really, you, you know, he's, he's cutting further in front. You know, in the first half, there's there's only the one team on it. But in the second half, just Greenmore just rolls over time and time. But I think your defence is stood stood well. Like, and Greenmore will will be checking themselves that the. They just couldn't get over the line. They couldn't they couldn't get the scores that they needed. And uh, even though Jason O'Neill, you know, was winning having that was, you know, putting top of him. But I just thought that uh, Balak Nab's defence, they bottled him up time and time and time again that, you know, he, they couldn't put inflicted damage that he wanted to. And then on the other side, Balak Nab eventually scored in the second half with Kieran Cues and Ryan Waters getting two scores. And as you say, they were fit to hold Graham Moore out because Graham Moore, obviously, in the last couple of minutes needed a goal. They put um, big Kieran Toner in and they just were. O'Neill was in there, Lewis Hughes. And they sent a couple of high balls in, but just didn't get close enough. They didn't look like getting a goal. Um, I think they had one chance in the second half and Conor McGivern saved it. But other than that, they didn't really seem like they were going to get a goal, Steve. And maybe on reflection, should have been taking their points. Yeah, I think I thought they sort of went, they went for goal. A bit, a bit too early, you know. In a game like our, actually, like throughout the game, it's okay. You got to, it's always worth worth a, a goal because you know it only takes one of them to, to score a goal. But uh, yeah, they should have went for the points uh, a bit more early. But maybe because of the wides that they got in the first half, just the confidence wasn't there to, to shoot from long range. Yeah, and bottom now now move on. They um, play Pierce Oaks in the quarter final. The Oaks beat St. Peter's at the weekend and we'll get on to that game in a wee while. Um, Harps and Mahari was the big game of the weekend, probably, Steve, the big game on Saturday night. And it just didn't live up till its its pre-game hype. It was a, a bit of a dull game. A bit like the bottom club game, it was um, very interesting that last five or ten minutes where either team could have swung it and the Harps needed a goal and similar to the Friday night game. They just couldn't get that goal that was maybe going to win them the game. But, uh, yeah, it didn't live up to what we thought it was going to be. No, and I think like a lot of people are saying how, how, how disappointing the Harps were, you know, and that, you know, that the, they didn't give the performance that, that many people thought until, until it was too late. But yet, despite not playing well, they, they near, nearly done the job, you know. We could just got over the line and no more. But you have to say, like, some of the injuries that... Like like Mahri had the, the walking wounded, you know, and uh, I think it was, was Brian McElmurray that went in at full back is unreal. Absolutely outstanding how he's a man of the match. Yeah, Brian McElmurray, like he was full forward for a couple of years. That's what I would know him as a full forward and maybe a midfielder if they needed cover in, in midfield. But he was unbelievable at full back. He cleared anything and everything that come in around Mahri Square and with him there. The high ball tactic that um, the Harps were using just wasn't working. Michael Murray was clearing everything up, and as you say, he was probably more on the match because of that. Yeah, yeah. They're just, 
they ran ran out of ideas and like even sometimes even some of the balls going in there were there were nothing balls you know it was wasn't even 50 50 it was like just dropping on, on top of you know and like you had a two or three schools of the, of the harps forwards and you'd have about six mahri men around them straight up straight away you know it's only when it started like kicking you know the sort of diagonal ball in that they got a, a bit a bit of joy from it but i still think Credit to the Harps because really the, the colleges quit, you know, because it, nothing was going their way in the first half, absolutely nothing. And then they just got three three points, I think, in a row just before the second half and three points in as many minutes. And that, that left a very little in between the teams even at that stage. Yeah, I think it was it was 7-3 at the break, but at one stage it was actually 6-1 in that first half. Um, and the Harps just didn't look like they were getting any scores. And as you say, just sort of a flick of a switch. They got a couple of points and suddenly they were back in the game. Um, but after it, we spoke to Brendan Heverin of Mahare, who was an all-star defender last season and had another good game on Saturday evening against the Harps. So we'll hear what he had to say now. So uh, Brendan Mahare made it through by two points. There's a shaky end there. Harps obviously looking the goal of the defence that up well. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough game. I knew was, we were going to be up against it against the Harps. You know, we were going well this year. You had to bring it tonight, so we couldn't really afford to be going in there like we did last year. And I'd be a bit slack, we had to get going from the start, but maybe uh, struggle with a bit of consistency going through games at times. So, hopefully, next round we're going to have to improve and get some more minutes of consistency together in the game and get through it. Obviously, the last time you played the Harps here was the county final 2017. Yeah. Was that in the back of your heads at all this week? Uh, well, maybe you think about that's the one that always got away, and you know, we're, we're at, at that stage, I think we were maybe five points up going in the second half, so we're similar to the night. Didn't really want to get that happen, maybe push it on and maybe glimpse you, maybe thought that was going again, but we knew we were going to stand strong and repel anything coming out of the high ball, so we're confident enough going into, into that game and knew it wasn't going to happen like the way they last time. You spoke about the half-time lead, not going to say comfortable, four yeah. points is probably not comfortable, but these were well ahead. I was saying it with Bally McNabb on Friday night, we're six points up yeah. on the second half. Uh, there's a big difference in momentum, momentum swings the other way. What, what do you put that down to? Is it maybe concentration or is it maybe them throwing the kitchen sink at you? Uh, I think they maybe knew themselves if they, if they didn't get a good start in the second half. Maybe they were going to put away with the, with, the, with the lead, but I think uh, they maybe upped their intensity a bit. Um, we uh, kicked more balls away, weren't really good with the hands, maybe too many turnovers there in the second half, but... And coming in as county champions, Bren, obviously there's probably a target on your back now. Um, teams see you are up there probably with Cross McGlenn as the two top teams in the in the county. Is there pressure comes with that or maybe you enjoy that? No, I think uh, maybe enjoy that because you know every single team's going to know that they have to bring 100% to, to, to beat us. So. I think we know we have to match that on more the intensity and we'll get, we'll get through. I suppose two weeks' time now, um, as we're speaking here, um, we don't know who you're going to play. It's between Luke Grange and Clannarn. Clannarn probably mad looking about at you after last year. They probably felt they, they could have beat you. It's a tough challenge no matter who you play. Is it a bit of an advantage for you that you get seeing them tomorrow knowing that you're coming up against them? Uh, maybe maybe pull some stuff um, from looking at their games, but every day we go out, it's always better ourselves. And you know, if, if we re-perform, no team in the county is going to get the better of us. Great, Brendan. Thanks for coming on. Thanks very much, yeah. All right, Steve, we'll move on to the Sunday's games. Um, Clan Earn and the Grange took on each other in Abbey Park. The scoreline probably doesn't do the Grange justice. Uh, it was 317 to 14 points. This was a tight and feisty game, particularly in the second half. 
where Grange showed all their heart and courage to come back into the game and just couldn't get the goals. And I think that's a theme of the weekend that the trailing team just can't seem to find the net. But massive credit to Clannoran and their number two, Conan O'Carroll, who cleared the ball off the line on two occasions, once in the first half and once in the second half, to deny Grange goals. And although Grange probably had the beating of the Clannoran defence for a lot of the game, with the two McKennas and Justin Cairn all playing well, they just couldn't get a goal that would bring them back into it. And they got, um, there were three points down at one stage. Clannoran got a turnover, went up the field, and Turbo stuck the ball in the net, and that was six points. So I suppose the likes of Turbo maybe didn't have his best game. He scored 1-5 and set up another goal. So when you have a forward like that, Steve, that's maybe not in top form, but can still be that, that big of an influence on the game, you would take it. Yeah, but like that, you say he's not in top form. I don't know what, what to expect from a forward when he's scoring that. You know, when you say he's, he's not on his game, you know, he's doing what he's there to do, but he doesn't just because sometimes a player of that quality is not taking it around three men and, and scoring three goals and he's not having a, a great great day. But uh, uh, like it wasn't a surprise that Clanner, you know, got the win. But the fact that uh, Grange could got at them quite a bit, well, it'll, it'll, it'll encourage, I suppose, uh, the opponents next, next week. Or, yeah, yeah I think Clanner and take on Mahari. That's a repeat of last year's um, quarter final. And Clannoran probably carrying a bit of hurt into this year that they didn't win that game. They were in pole position to beat Mahari last year. And um, that gives them massive motivation now, of course, heading into uh, the game in two weeks' time. The Grange, we spoke about it in the preview, and you couldn't help but feel if Ethan Raverty had been there, it would have been a different game. Now, I'm not saying the Grange would have won if Ethan Raverty had been there, but when the game's in the melting pot, they just needed somebody in around the middle of the field to maybe catch a big ball or come up and kick a big point. And Ethan Roberty was the man, but obviously he, he wasn't there to do it. Oh, yeah, but what a player. Like, as, as you say, he would have made a huge difference. These are all ifs and buts, but even when, when Ethan's fit, when he's, what, he, what he gives to the county, when, he, when he's fit, so when he can do that, what what, what he gives to the club. Especially against the likes of Arrow or against Clanner, like it would have been a... Would have been a different dynamic to the game, you know. It would have added something different and paused, probably posed a few more problems for Alexa Clanner. Yeah, but Clanner, the two goals in the second half, the third one was um, the game was over by that stage. It was really Turbo's second goal that put them six points up, and that was really game over. That was two 14 to 14 points at that stage. Clannan went on to uh, score another 1-3 while Grange didn't score in the last quarter. Um, Drummond Hay on Silverbridge was also on Sunday, Steve. This was in a very wet cross McLean on Sunday and really the conditions ruined the two games on, on Sunday. Neither game was will be remembered for um, free-flowing football or much attractive football, but um, both were in the melting pot at the end uh, of the 60 minutes. And certainly the Silverbridge and Drummond Tea game obviously going to extra time. Um, I suppose Silverbridge just about shaded, marginally deserved it. They were probably just the better team on the day. Uh, they got, and of course, they got the two goals that won them the game. Um, while Aaron Boyle, he scored a penalty for Drummond Tea. Steve, Drummond Tea being the league champions, delighted with, us, with it, of course, the first time winning the league since 2004. 
But this was a game that the league champions should have been coming in to win, you would feel, coming up against the 1B side. And we spoke about it last week, how tight this was going to be and how difficult of a game this was going to be for Drummond T. But they'll be disappointed with how their championship has has ended. Oh, of course, they'll be disappointed. It's just, just after losing. But I don't think it it's much or it's a massive surprise or anything like that because, just say, league form and championship, they're just there. They're two completely different animals, you know, really. Uh, I think just that Silverbridge, uh, I suppose a bit like Wallaban, you know, that they're they're a young team, they're a building team. They're they're probably a team that are more interested in where they're going to be in another three to three to five years than, than where they are now. But if they can keep keep winning games and winning championship games, then you know it shows they're going in the right direction. And Aaron Boyle's penalty that I spoke about. It came, there was maybe two minutes of extra time left and that point put them, Drummond Tee a point up and it looked like that was going to secure it. But for a play to Silverbridge, they dug in um, they got a point. Oshie Morphy fisted a point to tie the game and the last kick fell to Tiernan Murphy who had scored the goal at the start of extra time for Silverbridge and he held his nerve to point, um, point the free and put them through to the quarterfinals. So... It's obviously massive for Silverbridge. Um, we're going to speak about um, the Cullihanna game now in a second, but they meet Cullihanna, and while we don't want to start previewing that game, it's a massive opportunity for either team to reach a, a championship semi-final. Yeah, absolutely, and both teams will be going in that you know fully convinced that they can win. You know, and, and so so they should be. You know, it'll be. I don't think there'll be much between them, but. I think it's good for Silverbridge because even last year they done all right in the senior championship. And you have to remember they're not in the senior championship all the many many years really. You know, it took, took them a long time to get out of intermediate. But I just think that they're they're establishing themselves well, and I think that they'll they'll get better and better over the next two to three years. Yeah, and I think of a good a few good young players coming through. Um, Barrow Murray was saying on Armagh TV yesterday that they won the uh, minor championship in 2019 and we're starting to see the likes of them young boys coming through now and getting themselves established at senior level. Moving on, Steve, we'll go back to Saturday's action and it was Clevey against Anik Moore. I suppose this game went to form. Um, no big surprise with how this game went. At the first water break, Clevey were winning one six to two points, and it looked like they were going to run away with it easily. Arshin King was um, turning it up inside. Kieran O'Hanlon was superb from centre half forward. Uh, to prefer Dunkmore, they did come back into the game. They, I think, they drew level at half time. It was um, five, or sorry, after half time, the score was five points each in the second half. They, they never gave up. Moss McCormick kept driving the side forward. The same with um, Michael McNeese. But Clevey just had too much quality, Steve, and that's really what it come down to. And hard luck to Alec Moore, that's them now out of the senior championship. They're back down to intermediate now next year because they were relegated. But I suppose Clevey, as I said, was no big surprise that they won this, Steve. Clevey are one of the up-and-coming teams in the county, and they've, they've a, such a young team and such a... Uh, um, a young team that have all played county football at some stage, whether it be minor, under-20s or senior. They're, they're definitely a team to watch and they've set up a semi-final with Cross McLean now. A quarter-final, sorry. Yeah, that'll be an interesting game. I suppose the, the, the teams met, met last year as well in the championship and I think Kalee felt that uh, they didn't, didn't finish the game as, as the way they thought that, that 
they could. I think that they feel that they've left the results, you know, behind them somewhat. But I think uh, on on Saturday again, Animore, they just didn't know what they had to do. You know, they had the game won effectively in, in the first half, and it was, just, it was just about not doing anything silly and not getting any red cards or anything out there and, and getting through to the next round. On the don't think, yeah, as you said, clearly they've a lot of good young players, a lot of players that uh, would have come through with. So we thought that's in Paul's team that done well in the Mercury Cup and that. So I think Cleary can will push cross all the way and it'll be an interesting game. And we've spoke about and everybody sort of feels that this year the championship is wide open. There's maybe five or six teams that can really push to push on in this championship. And Cleavy are certainly certainly one of them. Steve, we've said that they've such a young team, like the likes of um Arshin King, I think he scored one three the other day. Lee Rice coming through, Adam Garvey played one half back the other day. Uh, young her in the middle of the field. They have they have a lot of young players there that are get, just maybe biding into senior football. And Shane McGill, of course, the the goalkeeper, the experience on the county will do him no harm either. Yeah, and say about the youth in that in that team, it means there's, there's no fear in them whatsoever. You know, it's not that they don't have respect for the opposition. They just have, have no fear and have complete faith in their own ability and management team. You know, so I think Calibri will or you say they're an up and coming team, whether it's going to be this year or next year. But I think they're they're, they're building for for a team that's going to be about for a while. And moving on then with Colihana against Mullabon. This was another one we found um, tough to call on the other day, Steve, in our preview. We knew this was going to be tight. Essentially, it come down to a shootout, really, between Aidan Nugent and um, Eddie English. Two of them were red-hot form the other day. Aidan Nugent, obviously, was on the winning team. and We'll have to talk about him, Steve. That was his first championship game since 2019. Um, he come back from, obviously, his ACL injury last year that has maybe taken a bit longer to get back from than he, he would have liked. He got no involvement with Armagh this year. Um, he scored eight out of Cullihanna's nine points. And I know six of them were frees, but they weren't all easy frees that were top overs. They all have to be scored as well. So massive credit, credit to Aidan Nugent. And it's great to see him back. Yeah, it's fantastic to see him back, you know, because like, he was on, on even flying form, you know, when, when he got injured. You know, so to see him back and see him, uh, you know, playing well, it's it's great for Colihanna and it's great for Armagh. You know, so like as you say, he, he got the the winner, and uh, no one would have begrudged him. You know, had that shot knock over and had sent the game to take extra time, but uh, he, he he done the job. And probably no one Aiden, um, he's raging at a bit of a, a bit of his play that. He missed a penalty at the end, and while, as you say, he did eventually kick the winner, this would have really um, put the the nail in Monobon's coffin. I think there was about two to three minutes left at that stage. Um, Cullihanna obviously fouled inside the six-yard box. Adrian Newton steps up, and everybody's expecting the net to ripple and the game to be over. But he just mishit it, maybe, and put it wide. And as you say, it, it was full of... Um, he had a great confidence in himself and great character to come back and kick the winner then after that yeah because uh, like a lesser player you know is, he just might be an interest or his head might be in the right place after you'd be thinking of shake you know oh, I missed a penalty and that you know I could have won the game from the club but uh, I think a player like himself he's, he's he's a confident footballer and when he's in form he, he's, he's on form 
as you said, uh, they're main composed and the whole is nerve. And I uh, suppose if you're looking someone to kick a winner, it's in Nugent's business. And moving on to the final game then, this was also on Friday night and it's the Oaks against St. Peter's. And Steve, as we both said, we were both at the Bally McNabb game, so um, you were just checking updates every now and then on the Oaks game. Um, half time looked like the game was over 4-5 to 4 points. Uh, didn't give St. Peter's much of a chance. Second half water break, it was 4-10 to 7 points. Still the game was over, still didn't give St. Peter's much of a chance. And they come out all guns blazing in that last quarter and hit 3-3 to give the Oaks maybe not maybe there was no cause of an upset coming but it was certainly a bit of a fright yeah I wonder whether we're at the wrong game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what you want when you when, when when teams are getting beat and they're getting beat well just you know go for broke because you know you may as well you know get concede more goals you know if you, if you think you're going to be down and out already so you may as well just go all out at it uh, but St. Peter's suppose they just went down the blaze of glory. Yeah, and they're the same as Arkmore. They've been um, relegated. They had to win the senior championship if they were going to remain in the top tier for another year. But um, they'll be back in the intermediate next year. No doubt they'll have their eyes set on winning that championship. And that, that's all from us. Thanks very much, Steve. I just want to say we have our team of the week coming up this week, of course, again. And it'll be released on Wednesday. And thank you to Player Fit who are sponsoring a, a jersey for the Player of the Week every week. And we'll get caught up with the two previous winners, Grania Bailen and Caitlin McQuaid, and we'll make sure that they get their Player of the Week jersey. Make sure to vote for whoever you feel the Player of the Week was this week. Um, I think there's 12 or 13 teams involved in the Team of the Week. So make sure to vote for who you feel was the Player of the Week and they'll receive um, a side, the Sideline Eye Player of the Week jersey. Steve, thanks once again. I'll get talking to you soon. Always, Sean. Take care now.